your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Josh Simon. And I'm Thomas Welch. And we got an action-packed filled episode for you guys today. Feels like after a few weeks of, of rumors, uh, things are actually starting to heat up. Um, more Vladimir Tarasenko news we're getting into, and then Blues have been linked to two high-quality free agent slash trade targets um, just recently in Gabriel Landeskog and Johnny Gaudreau. So we're going to be getting into all of that, and like I said, continue to talk about the Vladimir Tarasenko trade rumors. But before we get into that, I want to let everyone know about Locked On NHL. You need more hockey news, and Locked On NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the league. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories and game recaps every single day. Subscribe to Locked On NHL today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Tommy. So it feels like for the first time in a long time, other than the, the Tarasenko news break, we saw a, a Lou Korak tweet that actually had some blues news. Offseason is is getting up to full speed, and we are finally getting some some free agent news. And the news that came out today is that the Blues are going to make a full pitch effort on signing Ryan O'Reilly's former line mate, Gabriel Landeskog, captain of the Colorado Avalanche. What are your initial thoughts on that that rumored move? I think it's cool that in like the basketball community, they got like the Waj bomb, right? Like every time he dropped a trade, it's like like a mushroom cloud goes off for like however long afterwards. So to see Lou Korak drop a little hashtag Lou nuke on my, on my Twitter, on my Twitter feed today was pretty sweet. Uh, So he tweeted free agency is two plus weeks away. And one of the coveted players will be Gabriel Landeskog. I'm told Lou Korak reporter for the NHL.com is told that the St. Louis blues will apply a full pitch effort for Avs captain, if he hits the open market, the feeling is he'd be a great fit as a left-wing linemate with pal Ryan O'Reilly and David Perron. Can you imagine a line of Gabriel Landeskog, Ryan O'Reilly, and David Perron? I, for one, would be absolutely hyped out of my mind. Blues fans, I've seen enough of him for the last decade, I think, in the playoff series that ended up in Blues being swept through in a fight a Landeskog fight against Braden Shen, where Braden Shen appeared to get the worst of it. And I believe in 31 Thoughts the other day, Elliot Friedman, it was his final one of the season, and said that Gabriel Landeskog seems to be a player that the St. Louis Blues typically lust after. So uh, a lot of things point towards the Blues being extremely interested in Landeskog. I wouldn't be surprised if he's their number one target this offseason in terms of free agency. But that is going to be a lot of money that needs to be allocated there. Obviously, I think Tarasenko being traded would be the first step in that direction. But uh, do you bring Jaden Schwartz back and Mike Hoffman back if you bring Landeskog into the fold? I don't think that that would be a possibility. It'd be extremely difficult, and they'd have to move a lot more pieces around uh, to get all of that situated. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens. We said all offseason long it was going to be an exciting offseason. And then as soon as stuff starts hitting the fan, I feel like everybody's in panic mode. But uh, we prepped for this. I'm excited for this. I can't wait to see what this team looks like come next season. I think Gabriel Landeskog would be a perfect fit for the St. Louis Blues team. I think um, not even considering the Ryan O'Reilly connection, his play style 
is is perfect for what this team needs. He just brings that combination of size and skill that was sort of lacking this year. Um, and then you include the fact that he won a Calder Trophy playing alongside Ryan O'Reilly. Um, and then that on top of the fact that the O'Reilly Perron Sanford line was two thirds of, of a spectacular line all year, you know, our two probably our two best forwards and then always lacking that left wing to sort of fill in, like I said, the size and skill role that that line really needed. You know, Jaden Schwartz saw a little bit of time there, but wasn't necessarily the role that that line needed. It, I think we said it with Zach Hyman earlier where a, a match made in heaven. I think Gabriel Landeskog is, is potentially even more of a match made in heaven um, given his play style and given his history with Ryan O'Reilly. It would it would make so much sense to bring him in um, as sort of a, a, a big move to replace you know, Vladimir Tarasenko leaving and whatever else happens this offseason. We've been saying that the Blues would need to make a splash. And I guess the assumption was the Tarasenko trade was going to be the one that would maybe be like a, you know, a hockey trade one for one, bring in a guy that can impact the forward core, but maybe they're just going to do, do a, a bit of a salary dump trade with Tarasenko and focus on getting prospects and or picks, and then use that money to bring in a guy like Gabriel Landeskog, which would, who I said, like would complement this team very, very well. So we've been saying it all off season. The blues have so many different avenues that they could take in order to improve this team. Now, one one of those kind of their hand got forced in Tarasenko forcing a trade, which is a little disappointing because, like I said, they, they sort of – before that, they had the option of trading Vladimir Tarasenko. Now it's sort of like the, the first priority before they need to do anything else. But it, it does help, you know, freeing up over $7 million in cap space and getting rid of what could have turned into a – uh, a difficult contract, what might already be a difficult contract to move because of his injury history. So once the Tarasenko trade does inevitably happen, they're going to have even more leverage in terms of upgrading this team. Um, but then, like I said, the Tarasenko trade could be the way that the Blues go and upgrade this team. And one name that they were potentially linked to was Johnny Gaudreau. Um, I know that the the rumors were just very just just that rumors because they they are talking about a contract extension with him and he has a no trade clause that kicks in in two weeks. But if we do see a hockey trade, if we do see sort of a, a one for one deal, um, Calgary was linked potentially involving Matthew Kachuk, but who knows? It could be a guy like Johnny Gaudreau coming back the Blues way instead. So all sorts of rumors swirling about Tarasenko and the Blues. Going back to Landis Gog, and you talked about skill and a physical specimen on that left wing just to provide some context here Landis Gog had 20 goals last season 21 goals the season before both of those were shortened seasons uh probably would have been on pace for 30 goals in like a regular season and this last season with the avalanche he was second on the entire team in hits with 81 for the St. Louis Blues that would have put him right below Robert Bertuzzo for like fifth on the team and more hits than Kyle Clifford. Um, so I think he fits, like you said, he fits, he slots in, he's perfect fit for this team in a lot of areas that they seem to be lacking this past season and physicality as well as scoring. So uh, if that means not bringing back Mike Hoffman, if that means having to say a tough goodbye to a guy like Jaden Schwartz, uh, I think the positives outweigh the negatives there with a guy like Gabriel Landeskog. If that does happen, I'm still on the train that I don't I don't necessarily think that Landis Gog would 
potentially leave Avalanche team that seems like it's a lot closer to a Stanley Cup than the St. Louis Blues currently are. Maybe if the Blues make some moves before signing Landeskog that make him that make them think like, oh, well, now they're a lot closer. Like if you're in Landeskog's shoes, I would take a hometown discount to stay in Colorado. So if you're the St. Louis Blues, you're potentially going to have to overpay to try and draw him somewhere else, right? And for me, in the track record that Doug Armstrong has, I can't remember the last time he's overpaid for anything. So I would love to see it happen. Like we said this whole episode, I think he's a fantastic fit. He would do a lot of great things for this team. I'm skeptical of whether or not that it will. Definitely something that we're going to have to keep an eye on and things could sort of clear up as as the days move forward. Like if, if we hear news that, oh, Avalanche and Landeskog are far apart on talks or or whatever it may be, then this conversation definitely becomes a, a lot more realistic. Or if Grubauer um, but- sounds like a lucrative deal, that's less money going towards Landeskog. So there are some possibilities. Or if someone throws a big offer sheet, Kale McCarr's way. Think about exactly. the, the, the big brain play. The Blues throw like a, a $15 million offer sheet at Kale McCarr, forcing the, the Avs to overpay, and then boom, they can't resign Landeskog. I would love to see someone offer sheet McCarr. Nothing would make me happier, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be that'd be amazing. Anyways, we got lots more to talk about. It's gonna be a, a fun, action-packed episode and a fun week of episodes. But before we continue today, I want to tell you guys about our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar has so many delicious flavors. They have something for everyone. And when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, you're missing out. You got coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, st- strawberry orange cookies and cream and german chocolate if you haven't tried all the flavors you can get yourself a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors not only are built bar flavors the best tasting but they're also healthy each bar has 17 to 18 grams of protein calories ranging from 130 to 180 only four to five grams of sugar and only four to five grams of net carbs amazing flavors all tasty and all healthy and fun fact built bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So with the Olympics heating up, you got to go out there and support them. Get yourself a Built Bar. You know, they're having them before their big races. So go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15. and You'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. And we'll be right back with the rest of today's episode talking about Johnny Gaudreau, Vladimir Tarasenko, and more. Don't go anywhere. We're back. We got more rumors to talk about. I mentioned it briefly before we were talking about size and skill and a good fit for the St. Louis Blues. Now there's they've been linked to a name that kind of is the complete opposite of that and doesn't fit the Blues play style all that much in the slightest, but is an absolute elite talent, one of the best forwards in the league. Has had a couple down seasons but still has the potential to be, you know, one of the highest skilled forwards and that is Johnny Gaudreau. I know there were brief rumors linking to him. I don't remember the exact tweet like we said, his his contract or his no trade clause kicks in July 28th. So if the Flames are unable to reach a contract extension agreement by then, they could very well shop him. And I guess the St. Louis Blues are teams that could potentially be linked to bringing in Johnny Hockey. Like I said, I think Landeskog is the number one want for the St. Louis Blues this offseason. Uh, but it sounds like Johnny Hockey is kind of their second best option uh, if in the event that Landeskog does go back to Colorado, which, like I said, I think he's going to, um, Johnny Goudreau could potentially be a fit for the St. Louis Blues. Can you imagine the speed that this team would have? 
And I think that's kind of the paradox that we've kind of been talking about this offseason too, right? Is like whatever moves the Blues do this offseason is kind of going to have to dictate the way that this team is built in the next four or five, six years because we have so many guys uh, that are fast, that are skill guys, especially on the defensive side of the puck. But I think bringing in a guy like Landis Gog would reinforce the mindset of the 2019 team of a lot of physicality, a lot of grit, but also guys that can play with skill. And not saying that Goudreau is not a physical specimen, but I don't think he's going to go out there and throw 90 hits on the board for you. So it's a little bit of a different dynamic, but can you imagine the speed that this team would have with Jordan Cairo and Johnny Goudreau on the same roster? Good God, it's a track meet. On the same line. Yeah, absolute track meet. It's so interesting because that we talked about how the Blues are sort of... I, I think we were a little nice when we said that they were a hybrid at the beginning of the year. I think the, the, the truth is they're sort of a team without a consistent identity at the moment. They got half, half a roster that's skill and speed based at a position where you wouldn't expect it being like defense and third line forwards. And then the other half is guys that are uh, physical and, and two way based at positions that aren't traditionally skill and two or physical physicality and two way based being like, you know, first line center, Ryan O'Reilly and Braden Shen and David Perron. So I think that their identity is something that they really lacked this season and it's why they were so inconsistent and at times they looked like one of the best teams in the NHL and at other times they looked like they didn't even belong in the same league as you know say the Colorado Avalanche um, and I think that was because come playoff time when you really need to hammer down an identity and and play one way consistently the Blues weren't really able to do that because of the lack of consistency throughout the play style in their lineup and with the way that this offseason is looking, and you know, obviously Johnny Gaudreau is is nothing more than just a, a rumor named to the St. Louis Blues, but I think that this offseason is going to sway this team one way or the other in terms of what identity they want to have. Are they going to have Ryan O'Reilly and David Perron sort of be the the outliers on this team and and do the rest of, base the rest of their team off of speed and skill, um, but then have some some guaranteed physicality to lock down you know, your Nathan McKinnons of the world in, in Ryan O'Reilly, or they get to double down on that style and bring in a guy like Gabriel Landeskog and sort of say that the Jordan Kyrus and the Tory Krugs of the world are the outliers and they're going to play, you know, 45 minutes a night is going to be physical and, and difficult for the other team. But then, you know, a few, every every once in a while, every few shifts, you see a guy like Jordan Kyrou going out there flying end to end and keeping teams honest. So, these next few weeks are going to be, and especially with w- what they do with the Tarasenko trade, um, him being one of the more skill-based guys, but also brings that physicality. So he was kind of the perfect mold for for the, the dual identity of this team. I think in these next few weeks, we're going to really see this team lean one way or the other um, and, and hammer down a solid identity that they were definitely lacking in this past season. And another thing to think about, there is a possibility that a combination of Tyler Bozak, Jaden Schwartz, Zach Sanford, a whole bunch of other names that aren't like the huge guys on your team that are potentially hitting free agency and might not be with this team going into next season, along with a guy like Vladimir Tarasenko and Mike Hoffman as well. So there's going to be a lot of, like we said, movement this offseason. The Blues are going to have to bring in guys to replace those players that do leave or aren't here next season. But I also think there's going to be an opportunity for young guys like Clem Costin to come up and play a huge role for this team starting in training camp. But I think one of the names that 
hasn't really been talked about as much as Clem Costin is Jake Neighbors, but with the season that he had last year, the work ethic that he has, and the skills that he brings to this team, we talked about him like a poor man's Jaden Schwartz. If Jaden Schwartz is not here next season, and all of these guys are gone, there's a lot of holes to fill in this lineup. I think come training camp, Jake Neighbors is absolutely going to get a chance to prove himself. I think he's going to take it, and I think he's going to make the opening day roster. There's my hot take for the day. I've been on the Jake Neighbors bandwagon ever since the day we drafted him, and then especially we had that interview with him just a few days after, and and the character, and like you said, the work ethic that he displayed just from that short 30-minute sit-down he had with us um, made me so excited about what he could bring to this team beyond just his his hockey ability. Um, And I know that scouts were saying, oh yeah, he could be a couple years away, but especially after the season that we had or the season that he had, you know, prior to this off season, sort of going off the rails. Um, we suspect that maybe he'd, he'd make a name for himself sooner rather than later. And now with, with some forward spots potentially opening up, like you said, um, and, and the blues sort of having a need for, for a youthful injection to this lineup, it, it could make a lot of sense for him to be competing for a, a, a forward spot at, at training camp. And like you said, I would absolutely bet on him, um, making a name for himself in training camp and potentially um, throughout the season as well. But if you want to bet on anything you can imagine, you got to check out betonline.ag. Betonline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing with the home run derby happening tonight. You can place bets on that and you can track all the action at betonline.ag. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and your UFC and MMA action. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. As this is your chance to get into the game. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus along with your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus along with your first deposit, betonline.ag. All right, Tommy. Last bit of news for the day. The the Vladimir Tarasenko trade rumors continue to trickle out. He has been linked to a couple different teams now, um, including the New York Islanders, the Calgary Flames, and the Boston Bruins. Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas Golden Knights, yeah. So a couple, couple teams that I wouldn't be too upset about, and then a couple teams that I, I, I would have to change my identity and, and move to Cuba if he gets traded to Boston. Ugh don't even want to imagine it but yeah what do you think about the continued rumors of tarasenko and do you think that i don't know i'm surprised that there are so many teams interested in him i thought that the blues were gonna have a lot harder of a time but i don't know do you, you buy into these rumors i do i think it makes a lot of sense for the islanders to keep popping up around this situation because for me it feels like that team has consistently been so close and uh done so well in the playoffs and it feels like they're just one kind of big piece away from getting over that hump, I guess. And then that comes to the question of whether or not Vladimir Tarasenko is that piece. I think if he returns the form, he could definitely slingshot them into a finals appearance, maybe even a Stanley Cup for the squad. But there is that risk factor that's that's at stake there. But uh, for the Blues, I think the biggest thing for them moving forward with these trade talks is seeing as little of Vladimir Tarasenko as possible. Uh, so I don't think they're going to try and wheel and deal something with Minnesota uh, it, to see him consistently in the central. That would be brutal for everyone involved. I don't even think they want to keep him in the same conference. I think they want him f- as far away from the St. Louis Blues as possible. So uh, I think the Islanders make sense. I think 
Boston makes a lot of sense. If they are willing, that trade package that was reported with Trent Frederick, the first and DeBrusque, I think seems a little absurd, but even if they just offer a first round pick, I I think if I'm Doug Armstrong, I'd definitely take a first round pick. And I think we were talking about it before this episode too. And the fact that the Stanley cup window for the blues is still open and Tom Stillman doubled down on that makes me think that this team is going to prioritize getting in players that are obviously going to contribute now. That's why they're in talks with Landis Gog. That's why they want a guy like Johnny Goudreau. But in the scenario for Vladimir Tarasenko, uh, I think all things considered here with the fact that you're not on great terms with him, he has a no trade clause uh, and he wants out. I think you just want the biggest return you possibly can. And in my mind, I would rather have a first round pick uh, than a middle six guy that may or may not come in and contribute to your team's Stanley Cup run, if that makes sense. I think you're exactly right, but I, I, I have a feeling the Blues aren't exactly on the same page because, like you said, that they think that their Stanley Cup window is still open. And the one the one flip, the one kind of saving grace I think that there is and the reason why you might be right they might go towards prospects is the fact that the Blues have had decent amount of success without Vladimir Tarasenko in the lineup the last two seasons. Obviously, they've sort of been like a middling team kind of squeaked into the playoffs and, and then got eliminated in the first round. So they definitely could have used a guy like Vladimir Tarasenko, but I don't think that trading Tarasenko away and not immediately adding to the roster with that trade signals that they don't think that they're going to be competitive. But with with the, the statement coming out from Stone that they believe the cup window is still open, I would be shocked if they didn't try to make this a hockey trade and – have the primary return be a guy that they could insert into the lineup, whether that's a defenseman or a forward. Um, but I do think in terms of long-term success, I think it would make the most sense to go out and, and get some younger guys that can sort of keep the, the window open longer rather than trying to re-up for just next season because I do think that this next season is going to be hard to be competitive um, with with simply with just getting a return for a guy like Vladimir Tarasenko because I think his value is so low. So I would love to see them, um, like you said, add a draft pick and then potentially package those draft picks for a Matthew Kachuk or whatever it may be. So there's a lot of different routes they could take, um, and it really just depends on the offers. We don't know what Tarasenko's value is going to be, and you know, two different GMs could value him drastically differently. You know, if the Islanders and Bruins are finalists and, and the Islanders think that he's never going to return to form, we could be seeing the Islanders offer like a third round pick and a top nine forward. And then if the Bruins think that he's going to be a, a 40 goal scorer or whatever, we could see like that Trent Frederick, a first round pick and whatever, Jake DeBrusque, we could see that trade from them. So it really depends on what his perceived value is. It could be anywhere from a first-round pick, a roster player, and a prospect to sort of what we just saw for Duncan Keith, a third-round pick and a, a roster player, a young roster player who might grow, but probably not. So until we start getting – I mean, until the trade happens, I think we're not really going to know what to expect. But I, I hope that that trade happens before – other roster moves, I hope it happens before the expansion draft, but I don't think that that's as much of a guarantee as a lot of people think. Just with the Blues being as handcuffed as they are with Tarasenko demanding a trade, I wouldn't be surprised to see them protect him in order to not have him leave for nothing in the expansion draft and then work to formulate a uh, 
uh, the best trade possible, but I also wouldn't be surprised to see his value a lot higher than I think it is and a trade happen in the coming days before the expansion draft and before that the protection lists are due. So it, it, it really depends on what his perceived value is from other GMs. And, and it, it could be anywhere from, you know, a first line sniper, you know, teams could see him as that, or teams could see him as a, a sort of a Bobby Ryan type, a guy that's past his prime and is, is overpaid and is never going to return to form. So the Vladimir Tarasenko trade is going to be the first of many dominoes that fall this offseason in terms of redefining the identity of the St. Louis Blues team. I completely agree, especially with that last statement is you can't really do anything before you move Vladdy here. And I think it's because I get what you're saying about like bringing in a guy and like making a hockey trade and like uh, trying to get this team competitive as soon as possible during this offseason. But I think the biggest perceived value of any trade with Vladimir Tarasenko involved for the St. Louis Blues is that $7.5 million in cap space. And I think that's kind of supported by the fact that they're so in on a guy like Landis Gog, who like, you, you really can't even go after unless you move Tarasenko. So uh, the fact that they're on an all-out assault or whatever it was, I think that's uh, supportive of that idea of them valuing the cap space there. Like you were saying, if you can kind of build towards your future, you can get a guy that's like, like a prospect or maybe a draft pick that you can package that draft pick for someone else that you can also bring in and compete right away or a prospect that's close, uh, anything like that to where you can expand this cup window even further uh, than the two years that Doug Armstrong and Tom Stillman have been consistently talking about. I think that would be the best case scenario for the St. Louis Blues in moving Vladimir Tarasenko. As we've been saying, it's going to be a, it's going to be a bumpy ride. Um, Things are getting more clear, you know, the the moves that the Blues are potentially going to make are becoming more clear, but then again, there's about 50 different moves they could make, and they're probably only going to make two or three of them. Um, so it's it's going to be a fun ride, and we're going to have it all covered for you here at the Locked on Blues podcast, so make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to. That way you never miss a new upload because we'll be having all the crazy news covered as soon as it happens. Josh, who you got for the Derby? Give me Shohei. Shohei, easy. Shohei. I like yeah. Shohei, but also Trevor Story winning it in his home field would be cool too. So I might go underdog. I might throw money on Trevor Story, but want Shohei to win. BetOnline.ag, check him out. Tomorrow is the game, right? Yeah. Starting pitcher and leadoff spot. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine what a wild 24 hours that would Strikes be? Strikes out the side um, and then hits a leadoff dinger. But hopefully that would shut Stephen A. Smith up. <laughs> uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook at LockedOnBlues. we got all sorts of content for you there. Make sure you follow me on Twitter and Spotify Greenroom at Josh Hyman NHL. Follow Tommy on Twitter and Spotify Greenroom at TWelcher15. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, let's go Blues.